Um, but you got me today. And last week, how many guys were here last week? We talked about winning, right? The big win. And I, I, I love the story of Jonathan. Um, Jonathan's story is incredible. Uh, his faith, his daring, he's climbing up the thing, you know, he's like, come on. And he, kill, he killed them, he killed the Philistines. I know it was back in the Old Testament. Um, they were the enemies of God's people. So he had to do what he had to do, and God blessed it, and he did the earthquake thing, and I think that's a great thing, because how many guys know that God wants to give us wins? Yes. Come on, right? Yes. He wants to, get, to give us wins. Actually, Pastor Carl last week said that God wants to take us from a win to a win, which means the, when we win and we have a victory in the Lord, he wants to take us to the next win, from glory to glory, Amen. right? And how many guys love that? It's like, yes, there's more wins to come. Not, not, just, not just one win, right? Right, because actually, here's the most amazing thing. We do have one win. It's called Jesus Christ. It's the best and most incredible win called Jesus Christ when he took our sins on the cross and he took the, the sting out of death and sin. That's the biggest win. And then as we walk this life with Jesus Christ, man, imagine the wins covered by the win, right? But here's the thing, after a win, right, you get all excited, you get fired up. What happens after a win sometimes? You kind of like, oh, that was so exciting. Then you get to the normalcy of life. Anybody with me? Yeah. You're like, oh, the things are just the same. Day after day, right? You kind of fall into complacency, you kind of fall into whatever. It might be good, there's no bad times, but it's just blah. Anybody hearing me? Those blah days. Okay, every single one of your days are exciting and meaningful. And per it's like, what are you talking about, Tom? I live with purpose. And he's like, whatever. No, right? We are, we're all, we've all been there where it's just like, oh, man. You know, and there was a time in my life, actually, that, that complac complacency, that day of complacency turned into months of complacency. Actually, kind of, I think it was a couple of years of complacency and laziness. I got real fired up on the Lord. I went on to a couple of mission trips. And then there was a moment in my life where I'm just like, eh, I did all this stuff for God. And it was great doing all these good stuff. And there's some incredible wins for the Lord. I'm going to take a break. I took a break for a long time. All I wanted to do was surf. Um, I funked out of UH. I know. It took, it, it, it's a hard work to funk out of UH, actually. They give you three semesters, three chances, three letters. Like, you better do better. Okay, next semester you get suspended if you, if you don't do better. And I didn't, three times and I got, I got the final letter. You're kicked out of UH. I was just, I was like, I was lazy, right? There was a point where I just surfed every day. Um, I grew my hair long. I wanted to, this is the 80s, so I wanted to look like, um, um, what's his name? Chavez from the Young Guns. I just decided, I watched the young guys, I'm like, ooh, I want to look like that guy. And I just grew my hair out long, and I decided, I was surfing every day. I was like, you know what? I'm in the water every day. I shower afterwards. I'm not going to shower at home for three weeks. I, I decided not to shower for three weeks. I, I made it, by the way. I made it, by the way, too. I had no girlfriend at the time, obviously. Um, and... Why am I, well, oh, that was when Kanani actually coined the term Dirty Tom for me because I was literally dirty. And I, I was in this place, and, and to be honest with you, 
with the Lord as well. My outer appearance was reflecting who I was with the Lord. It was kind of like, yeah, I had exciting times back in high school and we got to mission trips and I was just like, eh. But it just, it just got blah. And you know what? I think God wants to take us from win to win. But in between the wins, he still wants us to be committed and passionate about him. Doesn't he want us? Right? Amen? He still wants us to have that calling in our lives. It's not going to be exciting every single day, but that fire and that passion should still be there. Why? Because he wants to prepare us for the next win. Amen. Amen. Are you hearing me? Yeah. Amen. And we got to be ready for that. We got to stay fired up. And you know what? Thank the Lord. I'm not Dirty Tom anymore. I cleaned up. I cleaned, I cleaned, my bro, that's my brother, he's clapping. Don't, don't even, dude, you were dirty with me, come on. You were there that whole time. And you know what, God wants, to, want us, uh, wants us to keep the passion. And you know, I, as a youth pastor, the former youth pastor, a privilege to serve the youth, now they're actually getting married and having kids now, but they're all grown up. But um, year after year, I, I, I had a troubling uh, I, I would see the kids come and, and they would get excited for the Lord and they would go to camp, right? They'd go to camp, get excited for the Lord, fired up because you're, you're there for four or five days, you're fired up, you're with other Christians and they're, they're worshiping and you just get this feeling like, oh man, this is awesome, right? Then they come back from camp and it lasts for about a week. They get fired up or maybe a month or maybe two months and then you'd see them they're not as excited anymore. They're not worshiping as much. They go to mini church now and then. They come to church now and then, right? And then the next camp comes up like six months later, right? And you know what I always hear? Can't wait for the next camp, right? And what they're basically saying is I can't wait to get fired up on the Lord again, right? So two times out of the year, you're excited about God. That troubled me because I wanted my youth to be fired up on God all the time. Right? It doesn't have to be excited and charismatic about it, but there should be a fire in your bones that the Lord is good, Amen. that the Lord will take care of you in the good times. And I, I, I specifically want to approach, not, right, we, we've talked about, I know Pastor Dave Barr came, he did incredible, right? Yes. Talked about joy, right? Have joy, especially in the tough times. Whatever. But you know what? I want to talk about when things are good, stay fired up on the Lord and don't fall into complacency. It's harder to, to, to do that when times are good. Why? Because we're not desperate for God anymore. We're not crying out for him. So it's like, eh, we're not relying on God anymore. I want to I say one thing. I'm going to repeat this. But you know what? No matter what your circumstances are, you still need Jesus as much. Amen. He's still as important. I want to make sure that you guys know that. Um, and think about it this way. The majority of your time is in between wins. The majority of your lifetime is going to be spent in between the wins. So what are you going to do in between the wins? Don't be dirty, Tom. That's my lesson today. <laughs> Get out of that slump, okay? Um, I have three things I want to share with you, three uh, kind of pieces of advice of how to, how to keep it going, how to, how to go from win to win, but stay in the win, right? How to stay consistent, stay passionate, stay, uh, get out of the doldrums. And my first point is, is that you would use that win, whatever win that comes your way uh, from the Lord, that you would use it as a launching pad. You know what a launching pad is, right? The space shuttle, but it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a jumping point, right? Carl, Pastor Carl always says this, right? Um, and I love this because I, I hear people repeating it. When you're walking with the Lord, what, you take what? Baby steps. Baby steps and open doors, right? You always hear that. I love that because it's kind of like you're taking baby steps. You're kind of waiting for confirmation of the Lord, right? And then you see an open door 
And hopefully you walk through that door. But when you walk through that door, guess what that is? That's a win, right? When that door closes, now you got something to go, yeah. Boom. Now you're in another place, another room, right? Another door ahead of you. And now you, you use that as going, man, God did some incredible things, right? He brought me to this place in faith. And now I, I use it as a launching pad to my next win. But I have to walk in this life. Are you hearing me? That we use this as a launching pad for our faith. And one of the greatest examples I've, I've, I've known this scripture for a long time. I've always thought about this. Is the, uh, in Joshua chapter 4. If you guys remember, um, the Israelites finally got to the promised land. Finally. Um, they're about to enter into the promised land and fight for the promised land. They had to defeat some of the people that were living there. Um, but there was one thing in their way. Does anybody remember what was the one thing that was in their way? The River Jordan. There was a big river, right? This is not the Red Sea. That, that was Moses. They're in their way was the River Jordan. They had to cross over. And so there's thousands and thousands of them. And how they're going to do this? Well, you know what God did? He didn't split the sea, by the way. Uh, he, I, love, I love God's creativity. He's like, no, this time I'm going to stop it. Boom. He just stopped the flow of the river with his hand, whatever he did. He's just like, boom. Okay, go. And all the Israelites, I mean, imagine the Israelites are like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Like, and they watched the water just like, okay. Baby steps an open door, right? Here's the open door. They're like, Okay, let's do this. And thousands of them cross over this huge miracle. And we catch up to them in Joshua 4, verse 8, uh, verse 1. It says this, When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose 12 men, one from each side, each tribe. Tell them, take 12 stones from the very place where the priests were standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men, he had chosen one from each of the tribes of Israel. He told them, go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord, your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder. Twelve stones in all. One of each of these twelve tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a what? Memorial. A memorial. They built a memorial. Not an altar, not something they worship, but a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you will call, can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord, Lord's Covenant, went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel, of Israel forever. So the men did as Joshua had commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan River, one from each tribe, just as the Lord had told Joshua. They carried them to the place where they camped for the night and constructed the memorial there. Now, isn't this an incredible story? They're walking across the river, and in the midst of this, the Lord told them, hey, grab some stones. Right? So they grab some stones and they're like, boom. And they go into the camp and they build this memorial. And what is a memorial? We, had, we just had Memorial Weekend, right? On Monday, I went to the, uh, the lighting ceremony. Anybody went to the lighting ceremony in, uh, in uh, Almoana? Okay, no one, no, no, no one goes to that. They like, and, and Memorial Day is to remember the, the, the people have fallen, the people that have died, especially in war, but also the people that we miss. And so they, they make these lanterns and they're remembering... The people that they lost or don't, they, they miss them, right? And so all these lights represent all these people that are, are missing, right? And so, but in this case, this memorial was not a loss. You know what this memorial was for? 
a win, a victory in the Lord, right? This is, that, there's a big difference there, that when you have a win in the Lord, here's my first advice to you, memorialize it. Make it a memory. Make it big in your brain so you remember it. And I don't know how you memorialize something in, in, for you. Sometimes uh, people journal, write it down, or they just make it and they're like, dude, that was awesome. I, I remember so many camps that I've been to, we're talking about camps, that were just like, great, God, God just showed up, right? I remember the Holy Spirit flowing through my ba- brains. My brains? It went, it went through my brain too. I, I remember the Holy Spirit flowing through my body at in, in the 80s, guys, we're talking the 80s. I still remember that moment. I remember the moment when at a campfire, right? This is the last night at camp. And you know God shows up at the last night at camp because people are expecting him. We had the campfire. And I remember going to the campfire and we had the job of lighting the campfire on fire. And we had three matches. We actually had three matches and we used two of them. And the, and the fire didn't start. You know what we did with that one match? Come on, guys. We got around, we laid hands on that one match. We're just like. Because Lord, you're going to do mighty things tonight. This campfire is going to be a part of it. We need this fire to light. I remember that one match and we're just like, and the fire went and I still remember that. I have memorialized the great things that the Lord has done. This is one thing you should do. You should pray, make it in your, why? Why should you do that? Not so that you remember the good old days and I wish I was at camp again. I wish I was 18, whatever it is. And you know, you, 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 you know why you memorialize it? So when you look at it, you know the qualities of God. You know exactly what he did for you. You know how powerful he is, how much he loves you, how faithful he is. It reminds you of God's goodness. Are you, here with, are you with me? When you memorialize it, it reminds you, not just the good old days, it's these lessons from life. Because I, I love that. They're walking through the river, and they're picking up these stones. One of the things, when you're going through the battle, and the Lord's doing amazing things, and you see a miracle happening in your life, ask yourself, what am I going to learn from this? What am I going to take from this? Because when I come out of it, I'm going to be a better person. I'm going to have more faith right? I'm going to see the Lord do great things. You want those stones with you when you come out of it. You don't want to look back and go, yeah, that's some good times. You know, when I go to conferences or when I go um, even just to like special places, even when I travel, I, I kind of, I've been expecting the Lord to always kind of speak to me in special places. Why? Because I, I, I kind of feel like God's going to speak to me in these unique places because it's going to stick in my brain uh, quicker, does that make sense to you guys? I always kind of like, you know, when I travel anywhere I go, even when I go on a honeymoon, when, on my honeymoon or whatever it is, I'm asking, my God, are you going to speak to me? Are you going to speak to me when I'm on this trip or whatever it is? And I always ask the Lord that. And I, I want to encourage you to do the same thing. And when I went to Hillsong Conference um, a couple of years ago, went to Australia, and I, I asked God, I'm all, God, are you going to show me something? I really, I was expecting God to speak to me personally. Because seriously, going to Hillsong Conference, going to Australia, that's an automatic win already, right? That's like automatic. You're going to get blessed. But really, I didn't want to just experience the whole thing and go, oh, Hillsong, Hillsong, Hillsong. I wanted God to speak to me. I wanted him to show me something. I wanted to take a stone back to Hawaii and go, okay, what am I going to do with this now? Boom. That's what God showed me. I better go do that. Right? And I remember the first time I've already, I'm sorry if I like repeat stories. That's why, that's why Carl doesn't, I don't preach all the time because like you do the same stars all the time. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing it. I'm going, I'm going for it. I remember standing there the first night 
and the, the worship starts, and I'm just like, all right, cool, man, this is awesome, right? And it's like, this is, it's cool. I mean, our worship's pretty good. I want to say this. You know what? I, you know what? And I, we're, we're as good as them, I think. Yeah, sure. Yeah, cool, awesome. But you know what? It wasn't the worship that got me. I, I don't know, for some reason, I, I got overwhelmed. I literally was standing there, and it wasn't this, it was, there was something different there. It was like, God, I was like, I got overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit. I wasn't worshiping anymore. I was just like, I don't know, what is this, God? I was, just, I was listening to the words, and I just literally started bawling. And it, it wasn't like one of those, like, like, surrender songs. It was like a happy song, and I was trying to, like, I was looking at everybody, and they were, like, my wife was like, getting down, like, Carl, then. And I'm just like, I got, oh, I was like, I can't hold this back anymore. I'm like, what are you doing, God? What are, why are you doing this? I was so just, man. And the Lord just came, just was telling me, he's like, dude, there's going to there's gonna be big things going to happen. Not just for you, Tom, but for this church and for whatever it is, but you're going to be a part of it. And you know what? Open the, the, the gates open to your church because people are going to start flooding in. Hurt people are going to come in. The desperate are going to come in. Open it wider. Sing the praises louder. Right? When I was praising, I'm like, I want to sing the praises louder so that the community of Kanilai hears it. They're like, what is going on over there? Amen. There's a party up there. I better get up there. And I had this feeling like, dude, this is, I just like, yes. I couldn't, actually, I couldn't wait to leave the conference. I want to get back to Hawaii and do stuff, right? I wanted, and, and, and the thing was, I got back and I kept on this, 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 this idea of, of getting excited for the Lord and what the Lord showed me. And you know what? I memorialized it. But you know what the cool thing about it was? Um, at the time when I was at the conference, they actually recorded the, how many got has the God is Able album, Hillsong? They introduced that album right when we were at the conference. They actually, we were the first ones to buy it. And to this day, I promise you, when I, and it's just, I know it's just for me, it's just my personal experience. To this day, when I play that CD, it brings me back to when I was there at the conference, just standing there in the rafters, being overwhelmed by the Lord. And I, I still, seriously, I still, I hear some of those songs and I go, I still get that feeling like I'm getting overwhelmed. And it's reminding me of the calling and the passion that, that God gave me back then, two, three years later. I'm going, okay, I still got it. I still, I still got that calling. I still got that purpose. Are you hearing me? It brings it back. And there's such an importance to memorializing, thinking about the things that the, the Lord has done to launch you to the next one. Not going, oh, I wish I was back in Australia and eating meat pies, which I, I wish I was. But, <laughs> but God has something better, right, and more for me to do, right? And I was like, man, I want to get back here and do it. Memorialize it. Grab the stones from the wind. Um, the other thing about memorializing it is, is you get to pass it on to those who weren't there which means you get to pass it on to the next generation. You get to pass it on to people that, oh, you know, you, you, you pass on your faith. You pass on your fire, your passion to them. Like, this is how good my God is. You weren't there. Look at those stones over there. Guess what God did, right? I mean, imagine them, right? Imagine them bringing their kids and going and looking at the river and it's a full river and it's flowing and it's just like, whoa. And, and then asking their kids like, dude, can you cross this river? No way, dad. We did. Oh, awesome. You get to pass it on. And when you have a victory in the Lord, you know why? Because those victories are very unique to you. Amen? Amen. You, now you have something that no one else has. Now you have something that, that no one else has ever experienced it. And when you tell them about it, it's like, whoa, that's incredible. Wow. 
God's that good. God is that good. I mean, actually, on a daily basis, hopefully, you read a memorial every single day. You know what's called? The Word of God. We weren't there, were we? Anybody here there 2,000 years ago? Nope. Okay. Right? We have a memorial in our hands of how good our God is called the Bible, the Word of God. And every time we read, whoa, those, those Israelites crossed, crossed the river. Oh, my gosh. Moses part of the Red Sea. Oh, my goodness. Jesus died for me. What he did that he rose again from the grave. Those things remind us of how good our God is. Memorialize your wins. Um, and actually, when you pass it on in Revelations, you know there's power in, in your testimony? There's power in your words when you pass it on? Revelations 12 says this. This is the message version, verse 10. Salvation and power are established. Kingdom of our God, authority of his Messiah, the accuser of our brothers and sisters, thrown out. Who accused them, them uh, day and night before God? Get this. They defeated him, the accuser, through the blood of the lamb and the bold word of their witness. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. That they defeated him, of course, by Jesus Christ, by his blood, by what he did on the cross for us. But they also defeated him by us passing on the awesome things that the Lord did for us. By our word, the word of our witnessing, witnessing with our very own eyes the power of, of God. The second thing I want to give you, the second piece of advice, is that uh, to keep it exciting and in between wins and, and keep your passion is, is to know your days are numbered. How many guys remember the, the movie Dead Poet Society? Yeah. Anybody 80s? I'm, oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. Come on. Yeah. Carpe diem. Probably. Okay, looks like I have to remind some of you guys. Like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. Carpe diem is a... Uh, is a is a term that was popularized by, by this movie with Robin Williams, uh, Depot Poet Society. And carpe diem is a Latin uh, term that means seize the day. Anybody with me? Yeah. Seize the day, right? And basically it means just like, you know what, make, make your day worthwhile. Don't waste it, right? And so actually to remind you guys, if you haven't seen the movie, I have a clip for you guys. So let's show that. Peruse some of the faces from the past. You've walked past them many times. I don't think you've really looked at them. They're not that different from you, are they? Same haircuts, full of hormones, just like you. Invincible, just like you feel. The world is their oyster. They believe they're destined for great things, just like many of you. Their eyes are full of hope, just like you. Did they wait until it was too late to make from their lives even one iota of what they were capable? Because you see, gentlemen, these boys are now fertilizing daffodils. If you listen real close, you can hear them whisper their legacy to you. Go on, lean in. Listen. You hear it? Go. 
He's just staring at you like, mm, like that. <laughs> you guys remember now? And, I, you know, when I first saw this movie, I was like, you know, I was in high school. These are the 80s. I was like, yeah! Corpe, we can, like, we went out of there. Corpe Diem, right? And we're just like, let's, let's, let's go and win the world, whatever it is. And we got so excited. And then, and then we went surfing the next day, and then it kind of died away. But that's okay. Um, but it excites you. But you know what the thing is? Is there's actually the same idea in the Bible. Um, actually, Moses um, wrote Psalm 90. How many guys actually knew that Moses wrote? Psalms. He wrote Psalm 90, and actually in verse 12 of the New King James Version, it actually says this. So teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Basically what he's saying is, life is short, number your days. If you know the number of your days, right, it gives more value to the day you're living now. Are you hearing me? I learned this really well because of the fact that actually now I have kids, and, um, and so I want to make sure that I'm there when my kids start doing great, amazing things. And, um, but the other thing is I'm, I'm kind of lazy too. And um, I, how many of you guys remember Mark Gunger and the Nothing Box? Anybody, men? Anybody love the Nothing Box? And <laughs> Frank is ashamed of his Nothing Box. And what the Nothing Box is, is, is when men, you know this, is like, a time in, in your day when you're like, I got to do nothing. I don't have to think about nothing. I'm going into my nothing box, <laughs> right? And my nothing box is called video games. And so I, I have an iPad, this iPad in particular. <laughs> and I just, I have tons of games on there. And I just, all hours on end, I'll be like, bloop, 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 bloop. Doo, doo, doo. I'll do doing whatever it is while my wife is carrying crying babies changing diapers, feeding them, right? And I was like, I got to get to the next level, Grace. I can't help you right now. I know you have twins, and I know they're my twins, but no. <laughs> I need to get to the next level. And I remember my wife, in all of her wisdom, actually scolded me one day. She's like, are you going to keep on playing those games? I'm like, yeah. This is my nothing time. This is my nothing box. This is my, this is my me time. And so you know what? You're going to miss out. Well, miss out on what? You're going to miss out on your kids growing up. Guilt trip, yeah? My wife is, how's that? I was like, you're going to miss on them learning how to walk, learning how to talk. And I'm like, beep, beep, beep. off. Hey, Olive, hi, Judah, how you doing? Are you going to walk now? I was like, so like, okay, I better get on it. I, I don't want to miss. I don't want to waste a day with my kids. Are you guys hearing me? It's like, man, I don't want to waste the carpet. If sees the day, right? Know that your day, and I don't want to bum you guys out. Like, no, my days are numbered. What? You mean, right? You mean tomorrow I'm going to have one day less? What? Thanks a lot, Tom. You know what it is? Well, Moses says here, why? Why should we do that? He says that you may gain a heart of wisdom. And what is wisdom? Wisdom is not smarts. It's not, I know how to build a computer, Right? Wisdom is knowing what God wants you to do. Or, actually, and knowing what God doesn't want you to do. Knowing, knowing the path that he has set before you so that you go like this, here's an option, boom or boom. And God says, no, I want you to go here because that's going to waste some time. That's going to waste some of your days. Your days are numbered. So because you know that, seek me. Acknowledge me. 
Acknowledge that I have a plan for you. Acknowledge that there is a path that I have set before you. And when you take the baby steps and open doors, it's going to be the right path that you're not wasting. And I, please don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about don't take vacations or enjoy the Sabbath. God wants us to rest and enjoy our family. I'm not getting there, like, right? But what I'm saying is, don't you want to do stuff for the Lord? Don't you want to accomplish what he has for you? There's a great verse in Hebrews 12. Um, I want to read you the message version. I think it says it really well here. Hebrews 12 verse 1 says, Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on. It means we better get on with it, strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, right? Memorialize it, item by item. That long litany of hostil hostility he plowed through, that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Isn't that a great scripture? Come on, let's give the Lord a hand for that one, right? I mean, that, that's a, a powerful, that should shoot adrenaline. And you know what I love about this verse? It says, in the beginning, it says, um, the pioneers that have blazed the way, they're cheering you on. What, it, what, it, what he's really saying was, in Hebrews 11, how many of you guys know Hebrews 11? Hebrews 11 is the famous Hall of Fame chapter. And what it is, he goes through every single, not every single one, but the heroes of the faith in the Old Testament, like um, Abraham, David, Rahab. I, you like the way I said that? Rahab, not Rahab. Um, who else is in there? All, all the good ones. All the, there's all, he goes through a whole long list of all these heroes. And then he gets to chapter 12, and he says this, right? He says, all these pioneers are cheering you on in this race that you're running, which means in the grandstands of heaven, people, Paul is going, come on. You can do this. Oh, I know, I know you're struggling right now. I know you're, you're kind of flagging in your faith right now. Dude, come on. You can do this. I know you can run this race, right? Imagine David, Abraham, Moses, all these guys are going, right on, Clint, right on, Paul, right on, Frank, right? And he's going, come on, you can do this, right? You know what I think of that is cheering me on in my grandstands? How many guys actually knew my grandma? <laughs> my mom's all, ooh, yeah, I did. I knew my, Yeah. My grandma, my grandma loved the Lord. She washed the dishes singing, I love Jesus, right? Um, I, I have pictures of her. I, she, my, my grandma is memorialized in my brain as a woman of the Lord, of a woman, a, a godly woman that is going to live to 91 and still love Jesus Christ. And I know in heaven, my grandma's going, go, Tom Tom, go. You can run it, go. If you need more pancit, I can give it to you. Come on. I know my grandma's going, you can do this, Tom. She's doing it right now as I'm preaching. You're preaching the word of God. You're passing it on to the next generation. I'm cheering you on. Are you guys hearing me? Amen. That all the people, all the people that went before us, that have carried the cross, that have paved the way for us to be right here, are saying, I have paved the way for people to know Jesus Christ. I am passing the torch to you. Carpe diem, know your days are numbered, and go do it for Jesus Christ. Seize the day. Amen. You know why? Because we have to seize some souls. Amen. I just made up that up. Thank you, Lord. Right on. 
Carpe O Souls. Right on, let's do this. <laughs> Isn't that right? Because think about it, right? This movie only goes so far. The Dead Poet Society only goes so far because it doesn't talk about God. Obviously, it's a secular movie, right? Because it says, right, he's, he, it's all leaning, boys. Make your lives extraordinary, right? That's what he said, right? You know what I think? As Christians, as a follower of Christ, we make our lives extraordinary to give the fame and glory to Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's a bigger cause. That's a bigger and greater cause than myself, right? I don't want to make my life extraordinary just for the fact of, mm, Tom's life is extraordinary. Great. Did I do something that's going to pass on to the next generation? Right? Did I pass on something that the next generation that doesn't even know my name, that goes to a Hope Chapel or even in this church? Imagine this church in 50 years, right? Bro, who's that short Filipino guy? He looks really passionate about God. I don't know his name. But I was a part of that, right? Are you hearing me? That the generation, we get to cheer them on, right? It's going to be an amazing thing. Um, make your lives extraordinary for a bigger cause right? Because the cause of Jesus Christ is way bigger than anything. The last thing I want to share with you guys of how to stay passionate through the good times, even though it's just whatever it is, the blah times, is that we stay dependent on Jesus. I know that sounds simple. I know that sounds, oh yeah, I know that. Well, you know what? Do it. Whether it's good or bad, stay dependent on Jesus, right? How do you finish well? How do you go from win to win? Well, Hebrews 12, the one I just read, said this, keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. I love what it says here. Study how he did it. Read the word of God. Read the gospels and go, how did Jesus finish the race that he ran? Because that wasn't an easy race that he ran. Well, let's, let's look how he did it so that we can do the same, right? Just keep your eyes on Jesus. And I said this before in the beginning of the sermon. No matter what circumstance you're in, good or bad, your need for Jesus does not change. You guys believe that? Amen. Your need for Jesus does not change. Because think about it. Think about it this way, right? In your dark times, in your hardship times, in the places where you're like, oh, my life is horrible, and you've cried out to God. I bet many of you have been there before. You're crying out to God. You're on your knees. Why? Because at that moment, there's no other answers except for Jesus. I've said these words before. Jesus, you're all I've got. And in those depths, in those times of darkness, those are good words. When you say, Jesus, you are all I've got. And Jesus says, yep, I will pull you out of that pit. But when times are good and things are going well, and then there's a whole bunch of answers around you, the priority of Jesus kind of diminishes, doesn't it? Sometimes like, oh, I got this answer. I got my family. I got money, right? I got my friends to hold me up. I got, I got um, bowling on Friday nights, right? And then, oh yeah, there's Jesus too. But I want to tell you one thing. Amidst all of those answers that you might have during the good times, Jesus is still the answer. Amen. I want to remind you, John 14, verse 6, Jesus himself says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He didn't say, I am a way, an option. He says, I am the way. I am, I am the answer above all the answers. I am the name above all names. That's the God we worship, right? I have two more verses for you. You guys still with me? In Philippians 4, it says this, verse 11. It says, not 
this is Paul talking, not that I have ever in, was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. And everyone knows this verse, Philippians 4.13, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Now that is an amazing verse, but a lot of the times, and I'm sure I'm, I'm myself included, when do we use this verse? When we're going through the tough time, when we're going through the hard time, when things aren't going so well, and we say, for I can get through this through Jesus Christ, right? But if you actually read this verse, Paul is saying, in plenty or little or in, in need or not in need, guess what? I do everything through Christ who strengthens me. Which means in all situations, I need Christ, no matter what, right? And I want to, sing, I want to uh, say this last verse, James 5.13, and then we'll close with this. James 5.13 says, Are any of you suffering hardships? Well, you should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. And the way I look at this verse is, are you suffering a hardship? Are you in the low time of your life? Well, then pray. Because if you pray, God will answer and your life will get better. Right? Then he says, well, if you're happy, if things are going well, well, you know what you should do? Well, sing praises. And the way I look at this, and this is my personal interpretation is, if you're happy, guess what? I can make your good times better if you praise me. Your, your good times will become better if you give me the glory, give me the credit. And I want to just add one side note. We're actually going to do something here. We want to invite the worship team up. Well, actually, they're already up. <laughs> you guys are good. <laughs> I think there is a power when times are good and you're happy. I hope most of you guys are because God is good all the time. And maybe you've come here and you're going, yeah, you're right, Tom. I'm kind of like, there's, no, there's, no, there's nothing bad in my life. We know the best thing you can do at that time, praise Him. Celebrate Him. You know how many times in the Psalms it actually mentions shout for the Lord? It doesn't say, okay, I we shout. Which means we make loud noises for Him. And I know, I know everyone has different styles. There's different churches with different worship styles. I'm not talking about a style. I'm talking about singing your heart out for the Lord in celebration. There's so many times, I'll admit to you guys, I've cried. I've cried because, man, this, this song is so touching, whatever it is. But I've also cried because I've realized how good my God is. And I'm crying in the joy of the Lord because I'm celebrating Him. And here's my goal for you guys today. We're going to do something. We're actually going to sing a praise song, a celebratory song. And I want, I want you to do something a little bit different than you've done before. I want you to go a little bit out of your comfort zone. Do something. Just a little extra. If you're someone that just does this, we'll do this. Right? If you praise with one hand, lift both of them. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I, I, I want you to, I want to stretch you just a little bit. Get out of your comfort zone. Because why? Because when I saw, when I, when I read about David, King David, when he brought the ark back, right? Remember that? When he brought the ark back from the Lord, you know what he did? He tore his clothes off in celebration to the Lord. He, told, he tore his clothes off. Please do not do that. Please do not. We must keep order here. But you know what I thought about that? I thought about David because he wrote a lot of the Psalms. 
David had a life of praise to the Lord. He was used to that. He was used to praising Him when he was guarding the sheep. He was used to that when he was hiding away from, um, from Saul, right? And when he was finally king and he brought the ark of the Lord back, he's all, dude, this is my next step. Ah! I am praising the Lord and I want to encourage you because you know what? Here's my goal for today. When Pastor Carl comes back, I want him to go, what's up with these guys? They're doing something a little bit more. They're praising our God a little bit more. There's a, it's a bit, little bit louder in here. Not because of the worship team, because of you guys. And I'm encouraging you. Why? I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to like, you know, guilt trip you or whatever it is. All I know is I've experienced the Lord in the good times very powerfully because He's added that, that praise aspect to my life. And I'm going, oh my gosh, I'm overflowing here. I can't help but praise the Lord. Are you with me in this? I want to encourage you. Go get a CD. Go download some praises on iTunes. Dance in your car. Don't get into accidents or anything. Thank you. Dance in your living room. You can praise. You don't have to praise the Lord just at church. You know what? And I, I. But you know what? The glory of us coming together as a family of God. I want to. You know what? I just felt God's heart melt for you guys. He's just like, I, this is the praise I, I always want from you guys. This is what I desire. And that, my gosh, is happy. I, seriously, he's just happy. He's happy to receive your praise. And uh, um, I want to say one prayer. We don't ever want to have a service without this. We're gonna be. A, we're gonna say a prayer of salvation for anyone here. And this is such an important prayer. That that if you want to give your life to Jesus and has never done that before, I want you to do that today, this morning. Jesus died for your sins. Because of that, He's forgiven you of those sins and giving, has given you the right to praise Him. He's given you the ability to come before Him free of sin, free of blemish, and praise Him. That is an honor and a privilege and something that we shouldn't take any lightly, lightly at all. And all he's, all he's saying to you is, come. Come, believe what I did for you. Make me your Lord and your Savior. And I'll do all these, all these things for you. It's that simple. So I'm going to say a prayer. Let's just bow our heads right now. If that's you this morning, I want to say a prayer. And maybe it's, maybe it's not your first time. Maybe you're coming back. And you're like, you know what? I need to come back. I need to recommit. I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. I'm going to give him my life right now. I want to say a prayer, but I want to know who's praying with me. And really simply, I'm going to count to three. And when I hit three, I'm going to clap my hands. And all I want to see is just, yep, I'm going to raise my hand. And I'm saying, Pastor Tom, I want that. I'm dedicating or rededicating my life. I want to follow Jesus. I want Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. And with that comes freedom, forgiveness, life, life abundant. So here we go. I'm going to count to three. On three and clap my hands. Just raise your hand. Tell me you want to pray with me. One, two, three. Does anybody want that? We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Anybody else? Anybody else? Some hands went up real quick. It's awesome. That's awesome. Anybody else? All right. Say this prayer like it's your own. Lord Jesus, I come before you right now, and I give you my life. My life is yours. You are my master and my Lord. I believe what you did on the cross for me. I believe that you died for me. I believe because of that I am free. 
I am a follower of Jesus Christ because you are so worthy of it. And wherever you go, I will follow. I don't know what that's going to look like, but I know you're going to help me. I love you. I praise you. I thank you. In Jesus' precious name, we all say, Amen. Amen.